This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans is for those who make plans for everything except themselves. We make it easy and affordable for Tennesseans who don't have a group or employer plan. Visit FBHP.com to learn more. From Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park in Nashville, I am Mike Keith. From her luxurious penthouse hotel room in Kansas City, site of the 88th NFL Draft, Amy Wells joins us. How are you, Amy? I'm great, Mike Keith. Um, not exactly the penthouse, but like decently high up. I mean, we have a good view, so I'll take it. So the real name of the NFL Draft is the Annual Selection Meeting. So it is formally the 2023 annual selection meeting in Kansas City, Mo. What's the vibe in Kansas City right now? It's not as formal as annual selection meeting implies. It's definitely not that formal. But there is a buzz around this city. There is a buzz just around the players. We had the opportunity to see them a little bit earlier today. Um there are emotions that are all over the road. Guys were talking about everything from being very cool and chill to being like very emotional about what this moment means. So there's, I, I mean, there's just an array of feelings, but in terms of being in the city, there's definitely an atmosphere here. There is definitely a buzz about what's going on. I was in a, a ride share a couple days ago and, uh, they were like, well, are, are, are you in Kansas City? You know there's a draft going on here. Is that what you came for? And I was like, yeah, I guess you could say that. I guess I came here for the draft. And they're just very fired up about it. They're very proud to be hosting this big NFL event in their city. And that's fun to be around. Is there one main storyline that permeated through all of the players with whom you dealt today? Well, there was a, obviously there's the main storylines about being approximately 24 hours out. You know, right. everybody's getting ready and there's a lot of conversation about how to spend the time because after the community event this morning, these prospects had a lot of free time between their next event being the red carpet show, which is right before the actual draft starts. So how people are filling their free time, what they're doing, how they're kind of shaking off the nerves. A lot of guys were discussing that. Um, throughout the reporters, the storyline that everybody's talking about is what in the world is going to happen with these quarterbacks? <laughs> it's just everybody has different opinions. Everybody has a, a kind of a different different bend to to what is going to happen when teams are actually on the clock on Thursday. So it's, it's an exciting place to be. There's a lot of questions and, uh, frankly, zero answers. We're not going to know until tomorrow. So there's 17 players who are there. Yes. So theoretically, if all 17 were to go in the first round, uh, which they probably won't, but if that happened, there would be 14 guys who are not there who would be selected. And, I mean, we'll see if all 17 go, uh, but it seems like a, a much smaller number of players in person than in years past. Is that fair? That is absolutely fair. Um, I think that COVID really showed – a lot of people that staying at home is okay because, I mean, listen, ESPN, the NFL, all of these work together to send 
cameras. They send people to whatever location the top draft picks are going to be. The guys that are expected to go in the first round, whether they are here in the green room or they are having a watch party somewhere, are still going to get that like moment. You know, it might not be walking across the stage, but they'll get some sort of a moment that will be televised. And um, we all get the opportunity to watch it, no matter where they are. But I think that the couple years of everybody staying back, a couple years of everybody having the opportunity to have, you know, a kit mailed to them as opposed to making all of these travel plans and frankly risking the chance of ending up sitting in the green room and not getting picked all the way through night one is kind of scary. Um and I think that that's something that some guys don't even want to take the chance. And then there's some guys that genuinely just want to be able to celebrate this moment with their family and their friends and the people that they feel like helped them get here. So I think there's a lot of things that kind of contribute to fewer guys coming out. I will say that the commissioner, Roger Goodell, was at the community service event that we saw all the prospects at today. And they were very excited to meet him. He was a very popular man amongst the prospects. They all wanted to shake his hand and make sure that they had the opportunity to interact with him before what they're hoping is the big moment with the bear hugs and all of that on the stage. Who of the players that you dealt with today, if any, impressed you? They all were kind of impressive. I was very struck by this class that, Everybody seemed very well-spoken and very thoughtful. There weren't too many people giving throwaway answers. There weren't too many people who were uh, just kind of blowing off reporters, which can happen sometimes. There's a lot of things going on, and there's a lot of people around. Um, but nobody really was disinterested in having a conversation with you, and I thought that that was very impressive. Um, Will Levis was fielding some... Questions that were a little tricky, and I think he handled that with grace, and I think that he was a good talker. Um, someone like Bijan Robinson was so excited to be interacting with the kids on the field today. Um, they did some, like, play football drills and some flag football things, so he was clearly very excited to be down on the field with everybody and interacting with them. But, I mean, really, there wasn't anybody that we spoke to that I was like, oh, well, he didn't really, like, he was too cool for school. They were all great. So I'm excited about this class, and I'm excited that um, of everyone that I was able to kind of watch and interact with, there wasn't a guy that I'd be like, mm, not that one. So that's good. That makes me feel good. All right, draft night, Thursday night. Our coverage on Titans Radio begins at 6 Central. If you're not near Nashville, you can listen on the 104.5 The Zone app. So we would encourage you to do that. Amy is in Kansas City and will be covering the draft for us there. We will be at 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville, presented by Pinnacle. And we want to thank our friends at Pinnacle for making this happen. With all pro service and advice from Pinnacle, you can play hard and bank easy. And if you open a Titans checking account with at least $100 and a reoccurring direct deposit by May the 31st, you could get a $200 MasterCard gift card. Details at TitansBanking.com. Titans checking from Pinnacle, member FDIC. I think it's going to be pretty wild at 6th and Peabody. Uh, I think 
Our Titans nation is excited about this draft. And, and obviously, too, there is excitement here after what happened in Nashville last night. So we are heading into draft day tomorrow with Big Mo. I will say we're tired. We're running on excitement. We're running on caffeine. Are you running on Duncan? We're running on Duncan. Yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. But <laughs> but the bottom line is, I mean, there is emotion and feeling in this building right now because virtually every employee was there at the Metro Council meeting last night to say, we understand how big this is for our organization. I mean, the discussion was, this stadium issue, if it passes tonight, being last night, if it passes, then this is one of the great moments in franchise history. And everybody wanted to be there for that. And everybody wanted to be there to support Burke Nihill and uh, the people who really helped to pull this together. And it was funny, we did not get in last night. We did not get into the room for the public hearing portion. But as the supportive speakers came out, they got standing ovations and you should have seen the look on their face. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it was like a ball game. The other side was not ugly. Uh, there was nothing that I saw between the two sides that ever got ugly. You certainly re respect someone's opportunity to disagree with you. You get that. And they had the points that they felt were relevant. But in the end, uh, from a political standpoint, Amy, we knew the votes were there. And so no matter how long it took, in the end, the votes were there. And now we are going to build a stadium with a roof starting in sometime in 2024. We'll break ground. Now, Mike, I was able to stream the meeting online I watched it um, from Kansas City but you were actually there you were able to be a part of that moment I'm wondering if you could just describe kind of what it was like the lead up to it and then the actual vote what what were you guys feeling what was it like to be a part of something like that because you're 100% right this is a historical moment for this franchise it really is let me say first of all I was not in the room for the vote Okay. Uh, because when they extended the uh, public discussion period, uh, I did not know how long that was going to go. And right now, uh, I'm doing a lot of things with our Titans radio partners throughout the Mid-South. I had one very early this morning, so I couldn't make it to two in the morning. I did that last week. Uh, I was there for nine hours last week. I made it until until 11 o'clock and then I said, you know, I've got to, I've got to be away um, because I've just got to be up so early and what we have tomorrow and Friday and Saturday to do, you know, there's just so much. So there wasn't going to be room for all of us in the room anyway. And so that probably worked out better for me. I'm kind of disappointed because I would have liked to have been there for the moment. Right. But I, I think, you know, you know, when you got a winner, and there had been such tremendous organization. Kate Guerra, who works with us, had done such a fantastic job. Um, Savannah Howie, who works with her, had done a fantastic job. So many other people uh, had done had done big things. Adolfo Birch, with his speech last night, uh, 
He, of course, one of our, our leaders in this organization. And there were just so many people who had done a great job. You wanted to be there to support them and to be excited for them because to see them pull this off was a big deal. I mean, from where we started with, hey, let's refurbish Nissan Stadium to you're kidding me, it'll cost that, to here's an idea for a new building, to here's the way we're going to finance the whole thing together, to now you've got to get it through Metro Council. I mean, it will, when you see the vote totals, the vote totals were substantial. It was a, it was a winner everywhere it went. Uh, last night, it was 26 to 12. It, it, you know, the process, though, of making the sausage wasn't that easy. Uh, because if that vote didn't clear last night, then they were going to have to go back to the drawing board and basically start over in July. Right. And so, you know, there were a lot of procedural things that had to go on. Uh, again, our side, the, the pro side, had a winner, knew it had the votes. The other side was hoping they could stall it. And if they could, then procedurally it would have to go to July. And between now and then, who knows what happens, right? Uh, time, time is beneficial in, when you're doing that kind of political fight. But I think in the end, the thing that I was so proud of is the way our organization handled everything. I'm very proud of the way they've structured this deal, which I think is a great thing. The taxpayers won't pay the burden anymore, which is a great, great, great thing for, for all of Davidson County. And the other part of it, too is this venue is going to change the overall trajectory of the franchise again. And I saw the first one open. I know what it has done for Nashville. I mean, I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I, I understand the full impact of it. And I think this new stadium with a roof, with a translucent roof, is going to totally revolutionize what Nashville is towards that next level. And it's just mind boggling in how exciting it is, Amy, because I never thought I would get to see that happen again. And that, that has always been one of my favorite parts of this journey was to see this thing hit and blow up the way it did in such a cool way. And now it has, now I have the chance to see it go again, I'm very fortunate. And um, I think everybody feels great here today about the fact that, you know, the, the plan was a winner. And if you read the plan, you understood it and you understood the terms and everybody takes away really good things out of this in the long term. And I think 25 years from now, we'll be saying the same thing we did about building Nissan Stadium in the late 90s this will be something you'll say, yeah, this was a big-time winner, and we were lucky to have it. So this is a, a, obviously a huge victory, and this is so exciting. But we still got to get a stadium here. So what, what are the next steps now? How do we continue to get closer to this goal? I think it's a lot of the planning, a lot of the, you know, who's going to do what. You've got to bid, bid a lot of jobs, and you've got to figure out some, some more things in terms of specifics with architecture. I mean, the first thing they obviously have to do is make the press box as luxurious as possible. <laughs> we made it to fill with food and great. Yeah, sight I mean, they, we've got to we've got to have a conversation, right? <laughs> right. Um, 
Probably not. But I mean, you're so you're doing all the details. You'll be getting materials in. And the groundbreaking, it would feel like would come about this time next year, uh, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. Uh, the build is less than two and a half years in terms of what the feeling is. And so this facility being and, and we've said it on the OTP all along. 2027 was always going to be more likely. Right. And that that was going to be the aim. And that's going to be the aim of this, Amy, uh, <laughs> that we're that we're pointed towards 2027 season uh, to give to give plenty of time. And, and the reason for this is. If you're in a hurry, costs escalate. If you can stay with the plan and do everything the best way you know how, you can stay within your budget more properly. And I, I think that's 100 percent what they're going to try to do. And that's that's what the plan is. And, you know, that's what's so exciting. It's like if you're building a house, if you have a time crunch and you need to get into that house, you're going to do whatever it takes to get it done. If you have time as you are building your home, you can you can give things a chance to breathe. You can get the appropriate equipment and tools that you need um, and you don't necessarily have to go over budget because you're able to That's do it. things in in a different timeline. Yeah, you're able to stick to the plan. Yeah. And and you're not. You're not like, oh, gosh, we've got to, you know, we've got to grab this material so quickly and we have to pay extra for it to get it here. And, you know, that's listen, anybody who knows about building anything knows it's not an exact science. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, it'll all just, you know, fold together. But I think the one thing you do know is if you have time and a plan, you are much more likely to be able to stay with it. Uh, like when the building was built here in the late 90s, they knew that thing had to be ready for the start of the 99 season because there was nowhere else for the team to go. Right. And you know, it was crazy what all was happening at the end to try to get it finished. You want to avoid that at any way possible. You're also going to want to get the SeatGeek app. Oh. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. That's right. The deal is finalized. SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or any other live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans, so Titans fans can fan. More ticket information to come about uh, the Titans new stadium, that's for sure. Yes, yes, there will be there will be many updates, I am sure, but this is exciting. This is a big day for the Tennessee Titans. This is this is it victory is. day. And tomorrow heads off a big 3 days for the Tennessee Titans as we get ready to get into the draft. I am dying to know what Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis, both of the NFL Network think. Amy Wells who would you like to share with us first as you had a chance to talk with both of these gentlemen there in Kansas City? Well, Mike, Keith, I did have a chance to talk to both of them, and I think that we should start with Daniel Jeremiah because I wanted to talk to him, a man who has a lot of experience with teams as a personnel person, um, and I wanted to talk to him about some of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes of what is happening 
um, within those war rooms, within the days leading up to the draft. So we talked a little, little, you know, logistics. We talked about process, and um, I was trying to get a better understanding, and so I'm excited to share my conversation with Daniel Jeremiah with my friends here at the OTP. Daniel Jeremiah, it feels like it's been a lifetime since the last time we talked to you in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. And I know a lot of things around the league has changed and a lot of people's draft boards have changed from where we were in Indianapolis and some of the initial evaluations that teams would have had to now. How different are draft boards? How different are team setups? I'm asking you procedural questions because you know a little bit better than anybody else. Yeah, I think that, you know, what's happened, everybody everybody always freaks out and they say, how does a player move up or down? You haven't played any games. This is the silly season. You're getting carried away with all the wrong stuff. And then I would just point out, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, everybody in your building, especially your coaches, haven't watched any of these players. So they're getting to the process late. That can impact whether they move up or down. Like, hey, this guy's he's a good player. I agree with the scouts, but he doesn't fit us, so we'll move on. And then there's the fact you're going to get medical information. That's going to help some guys. It's going to hurt some other guys. And then from the meeting process, you might, you might, you know, you might love a player on video, and then you bring him into your building, and you're like, this is not going to work. Like this is just not a fit. So all those different factors, you know, go into the process, and that's why you see a board, you know, in April might look a little different than the one you see in January. How much does the media play into that and those decisions? We know there's mock drafts. We know there's reports that come out throughout the six to eight weeks in between workouts at the combine and everything in the draft. We know that there may or may not have been some news on Reddit the other night that exploded the internet for a couple hours. All of these things, do they really play into the process or is it more just fun for those of us that are outside the war room? I think it's fun uh, for those outside the war room. Uh, this is an old phrase. This is an old man's phrase, but I'll say doesn't amount to a hill of beans inside the draft room. So it just doesn't. It doesn't carry any weight. It doesn't matter. You know, they might keep track of mock drafts just to just see if they get a general sense of where some players might go. But it's really not going to alter impact their thinking or their process as they get towards the draft. But it makes our job fun, and it gives us a lot of things to talk about, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. You've got to imagine that relationships are more what people are leaning on. Scouts with relationships with people they know from other teams, former teams that they've been a part of, former co-workers. That has to give a little more weight, right? Those conversations and interactions? Yeah, and I think you talk to teams um, that have, you know, you might have somebody that left your building and he might have a relationship somewhere else. I mean, it's a lot of third-party information, but at the end of the day, your job is to order the players 1 to 150 or whatever your number is on your draft board, and it's paint by numbers. It's just if you're, if you're doing a fantasy football draft in your mom's kitchen with your buddies from high school, it's the exact same thing. You come up with your ranking, you cross them off one by one as they get picked, and you take the best available player that's left. The Tennessee Titans have a new general manager in Rand Carthon. So there are some question marks around what the Titans may or may not be doing. Picking at 11, you have to think that he's enjoying this position because there are so many avenues that he could go down, right? Yeah, and I think that they're, you know, they're in a in a process right now or in a period where I feel I feel like they need bulk, they need a, they need an infusion of some talent and I think more is better than less. So 
there's talk of them moving up, and maybe that's you know maybe that's where we end up. Maybe C.J. Stroud doesn't go two, and they vault all the way up to three and take him. Um, but to me, I think it almost makes more sense with where they are that they um, you know, they go the other way if they're going to move. As we're talking about these players and everything, there are always some surprises that we see in the 24-ish hours leading up to the draft. We're in that period right now. Are there any things that you are keeping your eye on, Daniel Jeremiah, as we get closer to the first round of the NFL draft? Yeah, I think the you know one of the interesting things to me is just kind of the offensive line run. Like, there's different runs. I think the expectation is we're going to have an early offensive line run. So when does that start? That's There's talk that Arizona could start it at three. And so all of a sudden now we're going to see those offensive linemen fly off the board. And then the next thing to me is when the wide receiver run starts. And, you know, I think obviously Tennessee factors into that where they are. You look at Green Bay's not far behind. They could be in a wide receiver team. And then to me the fun really is when you get to like 20. Like when you get to 20, you can make a case from 20 to 31. There's like seven teams that could be in the wide receiver market. And I think that's where – what you were talking about earlier, having maybe a little bit of a knowledge of the, this team likes this particular type of player, maybe we can move up a few spots and, and make sure we secure our guy. There's a lot of position groups that have a lot of depth this year. Tight ends, offensive linemen, defensive backs. There's a lot of places where there's depth. For teams, that's great news. For players, is that to their detriment a little bit? I want to be the only good player at my position in the draft. I don't want to be in a crowded room full of great players at your position. But there's still, you know, when the premier positions, edge rusher, corner, defensively, it's a really deep group. But teams are always in need, so th that's not going to impact them. Uh, to me, it's probably going to impact the tight ends, you know, just because it's a really good group of tight ends. So that, to me, is the group that might be negatively impacted by the depth. What are you the most excited to see at round one? What question are you hoping gets answered on Thursday night? What the heck are the Houston Texans going to do? I mean... With the second pick of the draft, like normally we have a pretty good feel. It's like okay, you kind of just go auto, like your brain goes on autopilot, and it's like okay, when are, okay we've made it to pick eight. Okay, now we don't know. So all right, what happens? We don't know who they're picking at number two. So that's gonna make for a fun night. We hope they pick someone who's not very good at football. I figured you might be leaning in that direction. <laughs> Thank you so much, Daniel Jeremiah. We appreciate the time. Great to see you as always. That's Amy Wells with Daniel Jeremiah here on the OTP. I've got to mention this before we move on. Hey, Titans fans, it's hard to decide what's the best part of a Dunkin' Run. Is it the coffee? Is it the $1 classic donut or the $2 stuffed mini bagels? They actually call them bagel minis. Or $3 sausage, egg, and cheese that you could add to that coffee? Or the fact that you get to leave the office? The answer is, of course, Yes, it's time for a Dunkin' Run. Great deals on food for $1, 2 or $3 with a medium or larger coffee. America runs on Dunkin' right now. I am running on Dunkin' Amy Wells because I stayed up too late last night and I have too much work to do to get ready for tomorrow night on Titans Radio 6th and Peabody. We start at 6. Brad Hopkins will be joining me for the 6 to 7 hour. And then for the, all 31 picks tomorrow night, uh, it'll be Rhett Bryan, Coach Dave McGinnis, and also Ramon Foster, former NFL lineman, and he's on 104.5 The Zone. Remind everyone, if you want to listen to it wherever in, in the world that you are, the OT people, uh, tune in to the 104.5 The Zone app. 104.5 The Zone app. 
to be able to uh, listen to our draft coverage tomorrow night. All right, so it was a tease. I like how you did it. You went with Daniel Jeremiah's interview first, and that was a dandy. Now it's time to hear from our friend Charles Davis, who's covering another draft for NFL Network. Set it up, if you will, please, Amy Wells. Well, Charles Davis is someone who, of course, is a friend of the OTP. We talk to him a lot. And I was thinking about it as I was preparing to, you know, spend some time with him. And I realized the last time that we had talked to him was in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. So I figured that I should just go back to the last conversation that we had had and pick up where we left off. And we were talking quarterbacks when we last saw Charles Davis. So it felt like that was a really good place to start today's conversation. Charles, when last we talked to you in Indianapolis at the Combine, you said Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft and no one could convince you otherwise. A lot has happened between now and then. I'm giving you the option to change your mind if you want to. Is Bryce Young still the top quarterback in this draft? Amy, after further consideration and all these months later and a lot of watching of tape and talking to people and analyzing, he's still the best quarterback in this draft for me. I told you then it would take a lot to change my mind because I was fortunate enough to take a little bit of the measure of him as a person, spend some time, and then watch him and observe him. I asked a GM a few years ago, why did you pick this person for a draft, one of the other 31 GMs in the league? And he said, because I needed an adult in the room. I'm not saying the other quarterbacks aren't adults. That's not my point. I'm sure someone will go, Charles Davis says the other quarterbacks aren't adults. I'm not saying that. But this kid is an adult, even at a young age. I watched him do something one time, and I won't give it up because it's not fair to him. But he did it where he made a decision that is a 24-7, 365 quarterback lifestyle decision. But he did with no fanfare. See, I, if I had done what he had done, I would have made sure everybody knew I did it because I wanted everybody to know I made the right decision. Watch me. He quietly made the right decision. And other people didn't figure it out until much later, like, where's Bryce? I thought, but that's just him. That's what I sense from him. Then when I watch him play, you know, he does everything you need, throws it on time on the three, five-step drop, creates when he needs to. If he needs to pick up a first down with his feet, he can do that and sting you. Avoids big hits for the most part. Most quarterbacks do. Jalen Hurst took a monster hit last year, almost derailed Philadelphia season. And he's thicker, so people are scared of this. Has every throw that you need to make in the arsenal, but that doesn't mean he can throw it through the car wash and the ball comes out dry. He doesn't have the gun, but he's got every throw you need. And we're getting less of this, but I think it still counts when you're old like I am. He, Willie Anderson, the rest of the Alabama teammates played that bowl game against Kansas State. Not a college football playoff game and not ceremonial snaps. And he made a throw in that game on a backside, fitted over the top of a corner before he hits the pylon. That was as good as any throw I saw last year. And when I went back and watched it again and realized that corner he threw it over, it's probably a second-round pick going to be a starter in the NFL named Julius Brents at Kansas State, who I love. This kid is the real deal. Makes very few bad decisions. I saw one against LSU down near the goal line. 
very late on the play, but you're not going to find many of those. So he's still my number one. C.J. Stroud was my number two. That didn't change. Hendon Hooker became my number three. And if he hadn't hurt his knee, we would have a major battle about who the number three was. Anthony Richardson was my number four, and Will Love was my number five. Richardson, give him a year. But, but if you draft him, don't say we're going to give him a year, and then in game five you play him. Patrick Mahomes is one of the few that sat out. Carson Palmer sat out entire season. Steve McNair sat out pretty much two seasons. Chris Chandler, right? Sometimes it does work, but I understand if you draft a kid high, it's hard to keep him on the bench. You know, the person signing the checks tends to walk into meetings and go, so how's the young man coming along? And that's usually code for I'd like to see him play. Aside from the quarterback position, what other position group has the most question marks going into night one of the NFL draft? We don't have the linebackers we normally have, but I think that that is part and parcel with the running backs. Because we're not a heavy run-oriented football playing group now, college or pro, the linebackers are the old school guys with the big neck rolls and 255 pounds, and they're not there anymore. They're pumped up strong safeties that are running around. But there's good players that just maybe not in the first round, you know? So it's not quite the same. I think... Uh, Interior offensive line is similar. Osiris Torrance from Florida is, is probably the only guy I'm seeing recently mocked in the first round. Maybe a center, if you like a center like a Joe Tipman from Wisconsin or John Michael Schmitz if you're being real specific. But for the most part, interior offensive line not getting that kind of love. But I'm going to give you one I'm crazy about. That's Steve Avila from TCU. Guard center, I want to play him at center. I want to put him at center and let him beat people up and handle the big noses over the top. I love Steve Avila. Is he your dark horse? Is he someone who could show up a little bit earlier than what people are expecting? I think so, especially once we start the run on offensive linemen inside. Heck, he might even be able to find his way. Some people may like him better than Torrance. He's a good player, but I know a lot of people look at him as a guard. I like him as a center, but that's just me. That's okay. Your opinion is very valid, Charles Davis. That's, that's why we're here. As my dad would say, it's worth the paper that it's printed on, Davis. The Tennessee Titans are picking at 11. New general manager and Rand Carthon. Got to be a great spot for him because there's so many different options at that number 11 position, right? Well, I can't wait to see Rand trade up to three right out of the gate. Let's get this thing going. Brand new general manager. He's going to pull a nuclear louche from Bull Durham. He's going to announce his presence with authority. No, just kidding. But, 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 but let's be honest about it. It's something that has been discussed. I'm not saying the Titans have. I'm just saying all of us, yakety yak yak, right? We're talking about this like crazy. Three with the Cardinals is a prime spot. Who wants to go up and get the person that they want? Is Anthony Richardson the one who's coveted? Is Will Levis the one that's coveted? Is C.J. Stroud the one? Who knows? I'm saying quarterback. I don't know that there's another player you're coming up for to go all the way to three. We got fooled a bunch of years ago. The Saints came way up to 12, and we were like, what quarterback? And they drafted Marcus Smith. Was it Davenport out of UTSA? And we all went, didn't see that one coming. So you never know how it goes. But here's the other part. What if some of these quarterbacks move back a little bit, and now a quarterback or two is still sitting there at 10? If you're Philadelphia, 
You're probably calling. You're like, phone's open. We'll move back a couple, still get to probably the guy we want. Who wants to make the deal? Then we can find out if, they, if, if Tennessee's in really in the quarterback market at that point. Are they in an offensive line market? Because they definitely need offensive linemen. Tackles are going to be the premium. Is that, is that where they go? Do they get the first bite of the receivers? Is it Jackson Smith and Jigba? Is it a speedier guy like a Zay Flowers who's more of a – but Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, who I love, they're all mainly slots. You want big, you got to go to TCU and Quentin Johnston. And he's come out of a heavy run offense, a lot of go routes, a lot of post routes, a lot of overs. But the route tree will have to be worked on. Reminds me of Demarius Thomas coming out of Georgia Tech. Bebe. Because they were heavy option offense. He had about 25, 30 yards to catch. But he became a really good route runner. Quinn, if you believe Quinn Johnson can do that, then he's, he's a guy to keep an eye on. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fun, right? I love how we're all like, oh, we got an answer here, we got an answer, got an answer here. And as soon as someone makes a move, it's all over. Didn't see that coming. <laughs>
will say chicken fingers and put them down, they're gone in 20 seconds. You don't stand a chance. You better run and hide because you will get run over before you will get a chicken finger. So you end up eating like half a bag of Fritos and you find a bottle of water on a windowsill and just take it because it's probably hasn't been touched yet. And that's what you're going to eat for the night. It is hard work. A lot of people have great accommodations during the draft. Uh, the green room, stocked with food. All the best food you could want is in the green room with the players. I do not have access to that. I have access to a single bag of Fritos, and that will be it for me. Can you hear the tiny violins playing everywhere? <laughs> I'm not saying that th- this is a bad gig I have. I am so excited to be here. I'm so fired up for Thursday night. But... When I think of the those white duck tacos at Sixth and Peabody, my they mouth so good. my mouth starts to water and I get very excited. Yep. No, we're sorry you're gonna miss them. Yeah, because I, I know you'll you eat like back. ten, but you're gonna eat like ten in one night, and it's I gonna might. be ugh, ugh. And I'll take pictures and put it on my new Instagram. I know you will, Mike. You've been killing <laughs> the Instagram game. I'm I am just blown away by your social media savvy. Uh, I don't know about that. It's been great. You're a fun people follow. Have been, people have been very nice. Hey, uh, i tell you who else is very nice. The good folks at Miles Auto Spa. Oh. I, I love those folks. Yeah. They're celebrating the 2023 draft. And here's the thing. If you are a Titan season ticket member, listen to this deal. 50% off Miles gift cards. Whoa. They don't expire. They work at all the Miles locations. They could be used for all the services and even apply to the detailing packages. Ooh. Last week, I had my Nissan truck detailed. I had the M6, which is the big one. It's like restored to new. I mean, it's phenomenal. They do a great job at Miles Auto Spa. The offer is good through May 1st. Titan season ticket members, 50% off any Miles gift card. So if you buy a $200 gift card, it's a hundred bucks. If you buy a one hundred dollar gift card, it's fifty bucks. If you buy a fifty dollar gift card, it's twenty five bucks. It's good man. You get it washed. Yeah, look at that. You can get it washed, or you can take advantage of their great detail services, which are incredibly reasonable. Uh, I I couldn't get over how good it was for the price that I paid. I fully endorse what they do at Miles. Auto spas. This sounds like something I need to take advantage of. You do. Yeah, I'm starting. Because you are, you are technically a season ticket member. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not even that. I just, I could use a good car detailing. There's a lot there of go. crumbs in my car. I understand. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up the Wednesday OTP. Our next OTP, Andy Garrison, who texts me every five minutes wanting to know when the next one is. Um, <laughs> The next one, he's a friend, so he knows I'm kidding, um, will actually be immediately following the first round. Our Titans radio crew will do a uh, an OTP, and we will have that ready for you uh, pretty quickly after the first round ends. We'll do the same thing on Friday night, and then we'll have a wrap-up on Saturday night of uh, what we are hearing that's out there along with the players who have been picked. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you're able to find some good food tonight and tomorrow, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, really, I just walk outside and start to, like, smell the air like a dog and just walk towards whatever I'm smelling because there's so much good barbecue around here. 
Jack Stack, Jack- 239. Yep, all of the above. I'm in. All right. Arthur, what's the Arthur? Arthur Bryant. That's where we were earlier Arthur today. Yeah. Arthur Bryant's is awfully good. Yes. Yes. Oh, Arthur Murray was actually the dance studio. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, that it's a, nope. it's a different. They don't vibe. have a lot of food there. Yeah. Yes, they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot going on there. Okay, for Ashley Farrell and Amy Wells in Kansas City, I'm Mike Keith at Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park. Brought to you by our great friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. You have been listening to the Draft Week. OTP.